Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 20. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In Romans chapter 7, you write that down and you read it in your own time. The Bible is clear about this distinction. In John chapter 7, the Bible's clear about this distinction. In Acts chapter 15, have you been with us on Sunday morning? The Christians remember that, that, that the council gathered together and, and they were wondering what to do with the Christians and whether the Christians should keep the laws of Moses or not. And remember the council concluded that Christians were not under the law of Moses, and they didn't need, they just need to keep three basic things, abstain from adultery and abstain from things strangled and food and, 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 and one other. And, and, but they concluded in that council in Acts chapter 15 that the Christians did not need to keep the law of Moses because Christians were never under the law. Christians were, we're under grace, And that's why you can eat a ham sandwich. (laughs) Say amen, saints. That's why you can eat some bacon. Sausage. It's my preaching voice. Sausage. Because we're under grace. We are not under the law. Now, here's another important distinction, if you're still trekking with me. Here's another important distinction about the law of God and the law of Moses. The law of God was given audibly from Mount Sinai and everyone heard it. The law of Moses was given privately to Moses and Moses was to communicate it to the people of what God said. The law of God was written with the very finger of God on tablets of stone. The law of Moses was dictated from God to Moses, and Moses was to put them in writing. The law of God was miraculously preserved in the Ark of the Covenant. The law of Moses was not to be kept in the Ark of the Covenant. Very, very important distinctions. Also, the law of God is unique and distinct in that, listen, the Ten Commandments were given to people who were redeemed people. This is very, very important. They are given to people who had been rescued out of Egypt, and then they were given on, at Mount Sinai the law after they had been rescued out of Egypt. God didn't give them the Ten Commandments while in Egypt and then say, okay, if you obey them, then I'll get you out of Egypt. You understand so far? God didn't do it that way. God called them by his grace. God delivered them by his grace to Mount Sinai. And then God says, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to respond. Here are the 
Ten Commandments. Here is the law of God. And that's why, listen, saints, and listen carefully, this is why we have to be very careful as we teach uh, the, the Bible. We have to be very careful that, and we make it clear, that we are not made righteous because we are law keepers. We are righteous because of God's grace. Amen, saints? God didn't deliver them from Egypt because of their righteousness. He delivered them based on his grace. There was nothing they could do to be made righteous with God. You see, your righteousness comes through Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross, not in keeping the law. We call that in theological terminology, we call that imputed righteousness. The word imputed is an accounting term. If you're an accountant, you know that. It's an accounting term. And it means something that is transferred to your account. Something that is given to you. Something that is taken from one ledger and put in another ledger. We have an imputed righteousness. God gives us his righteousness. It's imputed and put on our account. So we know we don't deserve the Lord's righteousness and we don't serve the Lord to obtain his righteousness. We serve the Lord because we have been made righteous. This is important. We serve God, listen, out of response. We serve him out of response. In other words, he's done this, now we do that. We don't do anything and then God responds to us. This is the, this is the nature and the core and the summation of this word grace. It's something that God does independent of you. You have nothing to do with God's grace. So I'm, like, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And by golly, people like me. <laughs> Not really. I don't like you that much. But you know, I'm good enough. And you are not good enough. What, what were, what were the, 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 the Israelis doing in Egypt when God imputed this righteousness? Worshiping false gods. We'll talk about it in a minute. That's why God said, first commandment, don't have any other gods. I'm getting ahead of myself. You see, the righteousness that we have is given to us, it's imputed to us by grace. So this law that God instituted was never, never intended to make you righteous. The law of God, listen, we talked about this the last time. Let's just hit it real quick. The law of God was never intended to take away your sin, just like a thermometer is not intended to take away your fever. A stop sign or a speed limit sign doesn't stop you from driving faster. It only lets you know you're going fast and you're going too fast and breaking the law. That's what a speed limit sign is there for. A mirror is not intended to take away the smudges on your face. A mirror is intended to identify that there are smudges on your face. The law was never intended to take away the smudges from your life. It is intended to identify that there are smudges in your life. We call that sin. 
And the law was then intended that you would look at the law as a mirror and say, wow, there are smudges in my life. I need forgiveness. I need cleansing. I need pardon. And so the law was intended as a schoolmaster, as a tutor, the Greek word is pedagogos, as a tutor, a schoolmaster, to teach you that you are a sinner and that you need to be cleansed. This is what Galatians chapter four, pardon me, verse, uh, chapter three, verse 24 says, therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. See, listen, the purpose of the law was to teach you that you are on death row and that we need to be saved and that we need to be cleansed. That's the purpose of of the law. Now, there are some people who say, I don't like the law. I don't like it. I don't like rules. Rules are bad. Listen, not all rules are bad. Some rules are good. Say amen, parents. Amen. Amen. I personally like rules. My kids don't like them as much as I do, but I like rules. Rules are not necessarily bad. Rules are not necessarily legalistic. It depends on how you look at them. For example, rules can be good and rules can provide great liberty. For example, I have a legalistic practice, a rule. It's called brushing my teeth. Fellow legalistic people, say amen. amen. That's everybody. Should be everybody. <laughs> and, and listen, this rule of law of brushing my teeth, I do it, I practice it every day, sometimes more than once a day. Now, is this legalism? No, it's liberty. Is it legalism? No, it's freedom. Is it legalism? No, it's refreshing (laughs) to me and to others. Thank you, my sister. (laughs) I got that written right there. Yeah, sorry. And to others. Listen, after I brush, I no longer have morning breath. I have a freedom around other people. And I'm not blowing them away. Singe my eyebrows. It's like, oh, oh, that ain't right. That's evil. That's, that's evil. Something evil in there, man. You know, but, but there's a freedom there, and I'm refreshed. And once I brush, I am free then to kiss my wife after I brush. Which I don't know about you, but have you the movies and the TV shows where people wake up and they kiss each other? Uh, 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 uh. I'll be like, ah, you need to brush, okay? Don't come near me until you brush. You know, I don't understand that. It's like so not real. That cannot be real. You just wake up and turn over, hey, honey. It's like, 
Oh, you got to back up. <laughs> that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. God will forgive you if you brush your teeth. <laughs> no, it's true. So here's my point. All rules are not bad. Amen. Some legalistic practices can be good. But people, you know, we live in a culture today where people don't want to be told anything. They don't want to be commanded anything. They don't want to have any rules that they should live by. Did you know, listen to this, according to the U.S. World News Report, listen to this, 76% of Americans believe that God hears their prayer. 77% believe that God has personally acted in their life in a crisis when they prayed. 70% of Americans say that every man has to decide what he thinks is right or wrong. Now listen, how can 77% of Americans believe that God is there and hears them when they pray, and yet the same percentage of people believe that you decide what is right and wrong? It's inconsistent. Listen, if God is who he says he is, listen close, saints, God is self-existent, God is holy, God is separate from man, then God has laws for man to live by. And God's laws are good. And God's laws are right. Well, I don't like it, Rodney. And listen, when you can fling stars into space, are you feeling me? When you can put the sun in, just hang it. You can create your own ocean and erect your own mountains and make your own people to worship you. Then we will care what you think about God's law. <laughs> you know I love you. I care for you dearly. But we got to get real because God is God and you're not him. Amen, saints? Now... I'll go ahead, I'll wait. I'm gonna wait for that. That's right. That's right. Now listen. All right, let's let's get into verse one. And uh <laughs> I was trying to cover all ten commandments tonight, and I thought, well, uh, just about uh this morning I thought, well, that ain't gonna happen. So we'll just see. Now, now remember, keep the context here now. God has, 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 has got Moses to Mount Sinai. And look, he set the stage for giving of the law to two and a half million people. That's where we left off last time. And God speaks out loud and he says, look at chapter 20 in verse one, saints, if you're with me, say amen. And God spoke all these words saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. And in verse 3, would you read it with me again? You shall have no other gods before me. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Listen, I am not really sure how long this study in the Ten Commandments is going to be. I suspect we should probably complete it around 2010. But... Um, <laughs> But we, I'm going to just take my time because I really was trying to like, you know, hurry up. And, and I thought, you know, let's not. 
Let's just do what God puts before us. Tonight, we'll cover one commandment. And uh, <laughs> that's all right. Would y'all make me feel good? Say amen. And, uh, and we'll see, you know, hey, next week, we'll see. Maybe we'll cover one more. And uh, we'll see what happens. But, 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 but notice here now. The children of Israel had been led out of Egypt. And the first thing you want to note this, saints, the first thing God gives them the first commandment. And the first commandment is have no other gods before him. Now, you want to keep in mind, listen to me close. They have only been out of Egypt for three months. So it is very possible as they're standing there at Mount Sinai to hear the law being given, it's very possible that they're still dressed in their slave clothes. It's very possible that they just look raggedy and tattered and dressed in their slave clothes. And I can hear God saying to them, look, first of all, at all that I have done. And now God says, be done with all the gods that you remember in Egypt. You understand? Uh, They just came out of Egypt. So God says, commandment number one, you shall have no other gods, note this, before me. Now, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. This word, this phrase, before me, are you listening? Listen, it doesn't mean that you can have all the gods you want after him. You understand? (laughs) It does like, well, not before him, but after him. No, that's not what it means. Before, listen, doesn't mean in the sense of precedence, but presence. In other words, listen, God says, have no gods in my presence. Get this. In the Hebrew language, it could read this. Have no other gods in my face. In my face. Now, I want you to understand something here. God gives this very first commandment, have no other gods before me. And I think there's a reason why God gives the first commandment of have no other gods before me, because I think honestly, and this is probably my my speculation, my, my humble opinion, but I honestly think that this is probably the most important commandment. Because here, if you can get this one, of having no other gods before God, you will have no problem with the next nine. It's almost like in Genesis chapter one, where it says in the beginning, God, if you have no problems with Genesis chapter one in the beginning, God, then why would you have a problem with Jonah in the belly of a fish? Why would you have a problem with the resurrection? Oh, I just don't believe in Jonah and the belly of the fish. And I don't believe in the resurrection, all this miracle stuff. Why? Do you believe in Genesis 1-1 in the beginning, God? Yeah. Well, then why would you have a problem with anything else? If God can, in the beginning, make something out of nothing, then why couldn't he cause a man to live inside of a fish? Why couldn't he? Why wouldn't he rise from the grave? So God says to his people, he says, you shall have no other gods before me, because first of all, if you can understand this and you can grab a hold of this first commandment, then you will have no problem with the other nine. Now, again, remember, the people had just come out of Egypt. Egypt was a polytheistic nation. 
Egypt had at least 35 different pagan gods. They worshiped the frog. They worshiped the bull, the calf, the vulture, the falcon, the scorpion, the hippopotamus, the baboon, the, the, the crocodile. They worshiped, get this, the god of agriculture and livestock, the god of the weather, the god of fertility. They had the battle god and the health god. They had the cooking god. Hmm, I don't know, problem with that one, no. They had, they were polytheistic. They had racks of gods and they learned to live with them. And so God says, my people, you're to have no other gods in my face. No other gods in my presence. They worship the God of Baal. Perhaps you know, Baal was considered the God of power. They believed that Baal would bring fire down from the sky. Don't you remember the story? Elijah on Mount Carmel, remember? And his 450 prophets to one. And they're calling out to their gods and they're cutting themselves. And Elijah's standing back laughing. Ha ha ha. Where's your God? Maybe he's using the restroom. Maybe he's busy. And then Elijah puts that challenge out there and, and, and Elijah begins to call on the true and the living God. And, you know, fire came down from the sky. God was proving himself more mighty than the other gods. Amen, saints? more mighty. So they worship Baal. They worship Astaroth, which was the goddess of pleasure. People who worshiped her would meet in groves in these high places. Under trees, they would do unspeakable sexual acts. It was unspeakable what they would do in the groves. And listen, the goddess of Astaroth, the goddess of pleasure, because she's still around today. Oh, yeah. Do you know the pornography industry is a seven billion dollar business? I was shocked and alarmed to find out today that there are more than 3000 new pornographic websites that appear on the Web every day. Three thousand every day. Someone once said, Internet. Internet. Get it? Because the internet can be like a web, a net that will get you trapped up. Very interesting. They worshiped Ashtaroth, the goddess of pleasure. And then they worshiped the god Mammon, believed to be the Syrian deity of prosperity. Mammon was the wealth god, the god of riches, the god of materialism. And perhaps you remember in Matthew chapter six, in verse 24, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters for he will either hate the one and love the other or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and mammon. Remember, Jesus says, in other words, you can't have two gods. And then they worship the God Dagon, D-A-G-O-N. That was the chief Philistine God, actually. And Dagon was the God of life. Now, if you want to read a funny story, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and, and, and chapter 6, actually. And the story of Dagon is that Israel was defeated by the Philistines. And when Israel was defeated by the Philistines, Israel, uh, the Philistines took the ark of God 
to the city of Ashdod and they put the ark in the temple right next to Dagon. And the next morning, get this, they came and they found Dagon had fallen and he couldn't get up. (laughs) And he had fallen face down, the Bible says, before the ark of the Lord. And they propped up Dagon. Is that not a picture? You have to prop up your God? Houston, we have a problem. You got to prop up your God? Your God should be propping you up. People are like, oh, well, this old Jesus thing, this old God thing, it's just a crutch. It's just a crutch. It's just all just a crutch. I'm like, and your point is, (laughs) I don't have a problem with a crutch. I'm going to lean on something. Some folks are leaning on drugs, liquor, Elvis. (laughs) So you're going to lean on something. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.